a good solicitor. Tell the solicitor exactly what you want to do in the next five years and then just run through that contract thoroughly. Um, you, know, you might spend a couple of grand doing it, but depending on what you want to achieve in the future with a lease, then, um, landlords have so much different clauses. Like, you know, you always have your agreement at the start, which all looks nice and pretty. But then when you, when you sign the agreement, then you get your full lease. There's all these hidden hidden things yeah. like that. Uh, Welcome to A Table for Two, inspiring and educational interviews and stories with the best operators, owners, and entrepreneurs in business and the hospitality industry. My name is Phil Halani, and on today's episode, we interview Yanni Pisaris, who has been part of the cafe scene in Brisbane since 2015 with the now famous Morning After Cafe. He has since opened Yoke, a gourmet fast casual restaurant showcasing the humble bacon and egg roll, and the recently opened Thai restaurant Ping Pong, which Yanni describes as an adult candy shop. I really enjoy this chat with Yanni because he is so real and honest about his journey and the pressures he has experienced in the industry. We also talk about how it took years for him to figure out who they were as a business, how important culture is, trusting a designer with the process, and that one time Usher visited his cafe. A quick shout out to our good friends at Procow Dairies and Sonoma Bread. They are passionate about supporting small businesses, the hospitality industry, and also this podcast. I started the interview by asking Yanni how he got his start in the hospitality industry. So I uh, started Hospo back in 2006 when I went to work at my parents' restaurant. We, uh, my parents had an Italian restaurant at South Bank and um, you know, being Greek, everyone thought it was a bit weird, but you know, I started off being there in the, in, the bar, in the bar scene and making coffees and things like that and I was probably working there for about nine years. Awesome, brother. We'll, we'll go back to, to that restaurant because it's, it's an interesting story mm-hmm. with that one. Um, but how, how did you, uh, like what formal education did you have after you started with your family business? Did you go to university? Did you study hospitality? What was your, um, your education like? Uh, mate, um, being Greek, born in the 80s, university didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, man, my, my parents were in restaurants all their lives, so um, I just, you know, followed their footsteps and um, just working and hustling in the restaurants. Awesome, man. So that, so following their footsteps, is that something you always wanted to do? Um, I wanted to be an architect and designer. I, um, I didn't, didn't follow that career because my teacher at high school said I had to go to uni for four years. So <laughs> it wasn't going to happen, right? My dreams were broken then. <laughs> <laughs> and you just, were you a good student? Um, no, I was, the, I was the one in detention and... Um, making jokes and things like that. Were you the one where I was the same way that said to me, has potential but doesn't stop talking? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, awesome, man. So you mentioned your dad's, um, your parents' restaurant, mm-hmm. um, obviously Greek heritage, but you guys had an Italian restaurant, which was fine dining. Mm-hmm. The cafe was called Del Lugo. Yep, at South Bank, yep. South Bank. What was the reason uh, you – I've read in one of the articles that you guys essentially were pushed out because they're leasing and they were trying to change direction mm-hmm. – <clears throat> What was that like and, and what, what was the perception with leasing agents after that? Um, well, you know, being – my parents had the restaurant there for 10 years and, um, you know, we wanted to do good things and we saw potential in South Bank but you know, they thought it was, a, you know, a, a grand boulevard street. But within the two years before we closed down, we could see that 
that was turned into a food court. Um, rents were, you know, we we're paying one hundred and sixty thousand a year in rent. Um, but when our, our lease expired, they wanted to chuck it to three twenty a year. Wow! So it's double. And then um, the the shops around us were, you know, from beautiful hair salons to um, shoe shops, clothing shops have just all become into bars and restaurants and just, I wouldn't even call them restaurants, just little tapas bars and bars and just didn't fit the street scope. And then, you know, um, my parents' restaurant was more fine dining, the white tablecloth, so we stood out like a sore thumb. Did you enjoy the fine dining? It was good, great. Yeah, yeah, because then you can take your time. You know, we were um, having customers come in, long lunches, you know, moving from like, you know, caprese's to calamari fritti to prosciutto, and then moving on to like some pasta and risotto and then finish off with some nice, you know, um, meats and salads with some nice Italian wine as well. And just, just you know, giving the customer experience uh, was meant a lot to me. Yeah, that's nice. And, and uh, when I was doing my research, uh, that restaurant got a lot of praise, a lot of, a lot of coverage. And that was back before social media as well. Back before social media. I still got the page open, I think. You know, um, I think so. Instagram just kicked off, and I think if I open the page today, I think it's only got like four hundred followers. Oh wow! Oh, <laughs> you still got the page for it? Yeah, I still got the page. <laughs> it's got like four hundred twenty followers, um, but like no one. That was Instagram back yeah, then. back then. There was nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know, how had the um, little borders and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very different these days, right? Yeah. Um, so you went from um, Delugo to Morning After. Yeah, and then that got a lot of coverage. Now, mm-hmm. before we talk about morning after, which was your first, essentially, it was your my, first my, venue, my first baby. Yeah, um, what was what was the experience going from fine dining evenings to mm-hmm. breakfast, lunch, mm-hmm. fast paced cafe? I um, it was a big call because so the reason yeah so going back to your last question as well is like um, with the you know landlords or agents and things like that like you know we're a bit scarred mm-hmm. as well so we wanted to find the right landlord or potentially we were over landlords and we wanted to maybe buy our own property. So we we had the, the offer to buy our own property but couldn't afford it to at, at the same time because we wanted to put, you know, a, a beautiful cafe. So we tried to do one thing at a time. And, um, you know, another long story, we, you know, we, we sort of got burnt again with morning afters deal. Um, but anyway, we put that behind us and moved forward. Um, but... Uh, we, 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 we changed from fine dining because uh, I had a girlfriend at the time, and you know she was busting my balls because I didn't give her time, and I was working at nights and long hours and things like that. So we go, well, you know, let's maybe have a life, a better life. So we, let's move into the cafe, the cafe game. So we, when we got burned at South Bank, we we started looking for spaces for breakfast, um, and we found we found the space at West End, and. Um, you know, a bit scared as well because, you know, we've never done that fast pace. We're just, you know, we're doing the 100 covers a night and doing $100 a head is making 10 grand. Where to make 10 grand in a cafe, you need to do 400 people yeah, $20 a head. You know what I mean? So... Um, completely different ball game. Completely different ball game. And, um, but to be honest, um, we found the right, the right designer. Um, we're a bit scared at the time because the, the position that we're in is hasn't got the foot traffic um, but you know for me I always knew I could create a destinational cafe um, and that's where you know saying before I wanted to be a designer or something 
I didn't want to go to school to be a designer. So I've, where I wanted to design, I've done that through my own businesses, you know, in my three businesses, and I've enjoyed designing all three businesses, of course, with the help of Derlot. Um, we worked very closely in all three shops. So that's, I love just opening shops because that, the, the thing of looking, looking for inspiration and, and putting, uh, making a point of difference and creating an experience for a customer and, seeing it to, and coming to life. Yeah, create, creating that those venues from scratch. You've you've done it with all three venues, mm-hmm. and we'll go through those three venues. So, can you can you tell us um, when you when you're with morning after your process from like you said you spoke to the landlords, and what was your process after that from leasing to open? So, um, when we just just before we got burnt again, um, so obviously we didn't have the money to to buy to buy the shop. Um, we. So we, we we negotiated, you know, that the the, the freehold was going to be like, um, you know, a million dollars to buy, but we couldn't afford it, so we'll just lease it for approximately say ninety grand a year. It was about one hundred and thirty square meters, and um, uh, obviously we didn't have any drawings and things like that. So we know that when it comes down to um, uh, finding a space, we knew it was going to take about you know four weeks to come up with a concept. Um, we probably needed you know fifteen. We needed 15 weeks to set the place up because a lot of it was um, custom-made furniture. So, you know, a lot of people build cafes in um, within four weeks, but you know, when you when you have custom-made furniture coming from factories overseas, and um, we need we need time to we need time to build a brand, we needed time to come up with the concept, we need time. So then the landlords are on our side because they're not in a hurry because the building wasn't built yet. Um, so we had a bit of time on our hands, and plus because the building wasn't built yet. We were able to give drawings in time to change the facade because it's such a beautiful corner. Um, we changed the the bifold doors to open up the whole corner to activate that, bringing the that's awesome. So you, had a, you, you were able to deal with the the building process. Correct. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and then they loved it so much they replicated that corner onto the other corner as well. That's awesome. Yeah. And did you say you? Before you go on with the from the leasing process, did you lease? You said you leased it. We, so yeah, we had. We so we signed the lease. Yep. Intentions to buy the buy the, the the buy the building within a year. Okay. But um, you know they, they've changed some words in the lease. Yeah. Which instead of I had um, first preference to buy the building if they sold it, they changed the word to first right of refusal, which means they had to put the shop up for sale. Mm. But they were, doesn't make sense when you when you have a purchase price and a time limit, but then they say. We got to sell it. But they could sell it in three years' time. So, so what's what's the advice you give to someone now? And obviously, you've learned from that. And, uh, the the experience dealing with landlords and it's so daunting. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's the advice you give to someone now? If you, um, they're going to get into in, their own shop. Invest into a good solicitor. Tell the solicitor exactly what you want to do in the next five years, and then just run through that contract thoroughly. Um, I mean, you might spend a couple of grand doing it, but Depending on what you want to achieve in the future with a lease, then um, there's landlords have so much different clauses. Like you know, you always have your agreement at the start, which all looks nice and pretty, but then when you when you sign the agreement, then you get your full lease. There's all these hidden hidden things. Yeah. Like um, I'll give you an example where you know at um, Yoke, if I sold the, if I sold the business within um, X amount of time in the lease, then they wanted some contribution back 
because um, I've sold the business within their within their um, terms. Um, but you know, obviously, with a good solicitor, we'll pick that up, and we will manage to waive that out because you know, I believe that I'm the contribution, and that's whatever. If I sell it, you know, it's, it should be in my pocket, not theirs. Yeah, I love that, and it's just it's it's amazing how a bad experience there has helped you now learn each venue because you're obviously <coughs> we'll talk about your other venues, but it was a bad experience with the first with um, Delugo, and then obviously with Morning yeah. After. Mm-hmm. Now you will never let that happen again. Yeah, we. <laughs> We're on to our third one. So. <laughs> We're actually sitting in um in the new venue called Ping Pong, which we'll talk about. Uh, it's an amazing venue. I've seen a lot about it online, but um, it blew my expectations when I walked in. So, um, so once you've done the leasing process, what's your what? Let's just say, for example, lease is approved, lease mm-hmm. is signed. Yep. What's the next step for you? Uh, so, once the lease is signed, let's just say you know we're going to get. I will make sure I have enough time to you know organize a designer and things like that. So hopefully, I'll put a buffer of a couple of weeks. Um, but once sort of um, I have the keys, um, I make sure in that fit-out period I have enough time to design a concept. Um, so with, you know, with Derlot, there's like a three-stage thing is where we – stage one is we figure out the name and the, um, the mood board of where, what we expect out of our cafe or restaurant. Um, once we're happy with that feeling, then that goes on to the design stage – and then while we're through the design stage, we go through a branding stage. So we were able to not, you know, find out who we are, then that we put that and represent that into the, the fit-out, and then the fit-out helps us do the branding, if it's business cards, if it's the menus, things like that. Yeah. Did, did Derlot, uh, were they part of the, um, the design and the branding? Yes, yeah, I, I approached them for all three. That's excellent. Yeah, and, so and obviously, morning, yeah, sorry, go on. Oh, like you're saying, so every shop's been the same, so... Um, morning after, yoke and ping pong. Awesome. Um, while we, you just mentioned those three businesses, can you tell me? Like, obviously, each business is very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got morning after the; it's a more of a high end cafe. I call them breakfast restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then you got okay. yoke, which is um, fast gourmet, gourmet fast food, fast food, and then you got ping pong, which is yep. what, what's the best way to explain ping pong? It's um, an adult candy shop. <laughs> I like that. Toy shop. Toy shop. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's gonna. It's it's a it's a Thai, it's a Thai restaurant, but we want it to be fun. Awesome. So, did you want to go through each venue and and tell us a bit about them? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so morning after, morning after started because a you know we wanted to get into the cafe scene, um, but the reason why we did morning after, a lot of cafes in West End at the time were that run down look. You know what I mean? That grunge look. So. Um, it's all um, that hippie look, the used furniture, different tabletops, this and that. And I was over that. Um, you know, going to Melbourne, go and see Top Paddock and Kettle Black just inspired me to do something nicer. You know what I mean? Because I think it's just not having four walls up and some tables and chairs. Yeah. I think it's giving the customer an experience. Because um, to be honest, if you have if you have a nice looking shop and good music and nice stuff. So our food, our food to be honest, is amazing, and we've grown. I think we've changed a lot in the in the last um, in the five years, and I think we've about two and a half years ago, morning after we found who we are, and uh, we've elevated morning after, and, and it, it took us, you know, three years to find out who we were, and um, I think you know, the menu is solid. We know what people want, we know what people like, um, 
Sorry, Yanni, just to cut you off, just quickly, what, why did it take two and a half years to find out what you guys were about? What was it? Was it because you hadn't been in the cafe game? Um, I think it took us that long because coming from fine dining restaurant and then there wasn't a lot of rest, uh, cafes doing nice food. Um, I think some of the feedback at the start was, you know, our portions uh, were a bit out there or a bit too small or the price... Um, or the price point didn't match the food size and things like that. Um, we wanted to put restaurant quality food. Our, our food's still restaurant quality food on a plate, but we've just toned it down. Um, and I think with with my, sh- my I had three chefs at the start that were working together. The food was very similar, um, and then when we filtered those three chefs out, we um, we hired a sort of a French guy, a bit of a hippie had that Byron Bay feel about it. And we put it, so we started putting a bit more, um, you know, salady grains and... Health conscious. Health conscious on a lot of vegetarian things on the menu. And just um, we, over, you know, over a few weeks, we saw a big difference. We, um, we probably jumped about six, um, six grand a week. Wow. Um, over, over a month. And then he didn't last long because we, obviously we got busy. He couldn't handle the fast pace. Um, we sponsored him as well. Um, so he 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 resigned after like maybe six months, and then he moved to Byron Bay. But obviously we're still we're still friends and things like that. And then that's when we found um, our current chef Boyle, still following that recipe, um, but adding a bit of a more Asian influence. And I think everyone just loves Asian. And then Boyle has taken it to the next level. Is she the best chef you've had? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think with Boyle, like um, she's not. Um, um, I think she's been the best chef we've had. Yes, correct in um, in what we needed from her. You know, I, I don't. A lot of the chefs that we had before were restaurant chefs, um, people that you know wanted whole fish, break them down, and um, you know we spent a lot of time trying to be someone who we weren't. You know what I mean? And in the in the in the in the cafe in the cafe game, it's just. Like you know, you, we, you know, we sometimes we have chicken dish, and then like a chicken dish that we would sell for lunch at you know at twenty three dollars, you go to a restaurant and pay forty dollars for. Yeah. So not making the money. So I think we our margins are too high, staffing was too high. Um, we turned it back with her. Obviously, she's not going to get a whole fish and break it down. She's just she's just more about just getting the product in, even if it's not the best quality, and just making use of that that product and just put on cooking it, putting it on a plate, gone. Still making it look pretty, still making it taste flavoursome, um, and just finding that right ratio of cafe. Okay. And so with with the fine dining experience, so numbers um, numbers are a hard game in, in, in hospitality. The margins are super low. Mm-hmm. Um, from when your parents had the Delugo mm-hmm. to now, you know, it used to be net thirty percent. Now it's ten to fifteen if 10, you're lucky. Yeah, yeah. Um, was that a big wake up call for you with the with the number game in the cafe industry? Yeah. Um, to the to the last two years of the fine dining, you know, our, the restaurant probably, I think fine dining or fine dining wasn't out uh, five years ago, but because they put a lot of, I'd say, shit eateries around us, it made us look, you know, stand out like a sore thumb, and people would just walk past us and just say, you know, who are these guys with tablecloths or this and that because they're attracting a different crowd. Mm. Um, so you know, our our weekly Turnover went from forty grand a week one year to only twenty five a week in the last year. Wow. So 
in the last year, my parents were making uh, nothing. You know what I mean? Um, and then the and then the cafe and then the cafe opened up, and um, we were surprisingly when we first opened up, we were taking some good money, and then it dropped. Then it, it dropped probably you know after the hype, and then sort of figuring out who we are. Um, but I think yeah, like I was saying before, it's probably taken us three years to find out who we are. That's awesome, and, and it's it's so cool once you f- you figure it out, and you're like, well, I'm not changing who I am or what we do. This is who we are now. Yeah, that's really cool, man. So that's uh, before we go on to a yoke. Is there, um, <coughs> is there anything else you wanted to mention about morning after? Um, if I had to play, you know, give people advice and things like that, it's just you know, a lot of people probably want to open up cafes and you know they're probably stressed after a year and things like that. But as long as you know, it's going to take time to knuckle out everything and. Um, te- all the teething issues and things like that. So just you just gotta give it your hard yards and try your best and um, and give something that you love and a cool product out there, and then people will come. You know what I mean? That's awesome, man. And and then you went completely opposite to you um, morning after with yolk. <clears throat> yeah, yolk. So um, so yolk. I um, I thought of this concept about probably two and a half years ago, or three. To be honest, probably three years ago. Um, just before morning after started making good money, um, I was thinking to myself, you know, why aren't we making good money? Maybe are we morning after we're capped? You know, we're, we're probably capped at turning over twenty five grand a week. We can't make more. You know, we do the we do the you know the three hundred people on a Saturday and Sunday, but Monday to Friday we're only doing the hundred and twenty. And you know, we're only turning over twenty five grand a week, and and we could see that the um, it was like you know. Eight, 90% dining with 10% takeaway. So I wanted to flip, I wanted to flip that ratio and be 90% takeaway with 10% dining. Why is so that? Because easier? I think it's, um, you know, when you give someone service, they expect service. When you, when you, when they expect a lot of things when it's a restaurant or that cafe, but when they know it's just a takeaway, they're just going to come in order yeah. and the expectations are not there. Um, and then obviously the staffing is less. Um, so again, me and, my design, me and my designer wanted to create a, um, before we were thinking about it, we wanted to create uh, a concept just based on one thing and just do it well. And um, we were talking about doing a, a lobster roll, but we did the costings of a lobster roll. It's like, it's going to be like 20 something bucks. Yeah. Who's going who's gonna to spend 20 um, something bucks on a, um... sorry. That's right. So yeah, like, um, who was going to spend twenty something dollars on a on a bug roll? I mean, um, I would. I know, I know. You'd get one as well. I'll get one as well. But it, uh, what am I going to sell twenty a day? I want to sell yeah. three hundred. So a little bit high volume, think, right? Yeah, thinking, 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 and then uh, morning after we're doing the bacon and egg roll, and it wasn't even on the menu, but people were just coming in and buying it. Just it was that good, because um, we you could add some different fillings. Um, choose your different sources and stuff like that. So I'm like, you know what? I go to my designer, Alex. I go, mate, instead of doing the bug roll, just do the bacon and egg roll um, because, you know, the buns come in, the eggs come in the shells, the bacon comes sliced, the cheese is sliced. You just got to make a few sauces, put it all in the fridge. So was this before you found the site or did you find the site and then you... No, I've I found that I came up with this concept three years ago. Okay. 
Um, and I've, I've been looking for three years for the perfect site. I've been looking high, low, everywhere. Um, I couldn't find, I couldn't find a, a place that would suit um, um, Yoke. And then um, I came to Gasworks one day for something else and then I bumped into that corner shop outside Woolies. I'm like, fuck, this is all. Sorry, I shouldn't swear. That's all right. No, 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 no. This is, bro, this is, huh? be real, as real as uh, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Um, yeah, site outside um, uh, Woolworths. I'm like, this is the perfect site for Yoke. I go, there's the business people, there's the people that live here, um, there's the density in Newstead. I go, we can make it work here. So again, then gone through that order, talking to the talking to the landlords, you know, um, negotiating, making the deal. But everything flowed so easy. So yeah, you know, it was meant meant to be. And the leasing process this time was a lot better. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like I knew we weren't going to buy here, so it's just purely paying rent for the position. The positions was perfect for that. So in my head, I, I knew I was just coming here to pay rent, um, do what I got to do, make money. And how long has um, Yoke been open for now? Um, I think it's been nine months, oh, ten eight. months. Ten are, you ha- are you happy with how everything's going? Um, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been happy. Again, I saw a different different movement of opening this. So obviously, you know, morning after has been in its peak when we opened up Yoke. Uh, we opened up Yoke with a good brand, um, good marketing. I think the initial startup was too good to be true. For for yoke, for yoke, yeah. Like the shop's fifty eight square meters. Um, we turned over thirty three thousand in the first week. Wow! In bacon and egg rolls, wow. but obviously doing coffees and of fresh course, juice. Yeah. Um, busy. Yep. I'm like, this is gonna if this is gonna be it, I'm gonna I'm gonna go buy a Ferrari. <laughs> but I think you know it was like that. For, it was like that for for one month. You know, we grew. Thousands and thousands of followers in in that first couple of weeks, um, but then people will come in. People will come in like three times a week. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I don't think this is going to end well because it's not sustainable. It's gonna. You can't come. You can't come three times a week. You're gonna. Everyone's killing it for themselves. It's like listening to Dua Lipa on repeat. <laughs> and um, so uh, I think the like the third month, fourth month, fifth month, the dropped. It dropped from thirty three grand. Week we were doing only twenty grand a week, so thirteen k less. Um, and and then I think in that sixth month, uh, then COVID hit. To be honest, I think COVID really helped us. Um, first month was quiet in April, but um, I think during COVID, people just didn't want to eat with a knife and fork. People just wanted something in their hands, like, a, like a little little burger, a little roll, yeah. a little bagel or something. Um, and then we started increasing again, and then Uber started increasing, um, and we have we have yoke um, where we want it to be. I think you know a couple of grand more is nice, you know, but um, it's doing it's doing it's not doing as much as what it was at the start. But I knew that um, that was never going to be that high, you know what I mean? But uh, the figures that we're doing now, it's it's good, it's perfect. It's um, I can I can maintain the shop. It's easy to run. Uh, we have some great staff. Um, everyone just works in, as a team. Um, so yeah, we're, we're really happy with the outcome. So with um, with Yoke, obviously, it's 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 takeaway. Essentially, it's, even though there is some dining, this takeaway, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to run. Does that yeah. make does that make you feel like you want to open more Yokes instead of more morning afters? Oh yeah. The thing is, like Australia or Brisbane's too small, so you, you should never have anything more than 
more than once, which I wouldn't recommend to have multiple morning afters um, because you want to just drag people to that one destination. But um, Yoke, we branded and made the concept where we can open a couple. I think crazy. I think three... I think three in Queensland would be financially stable, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, we designed it that which we, we can replicate the product, can repl- replicate the design elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. I think I think this is easily replicatable, re- re- replicable because yeah. I think you, I mean, I had, uh, while I was waiting for you, I had some brekkie there and it was amazing. Yeah. It was just quick, it was easy and it was, it, it tastes mm-hmm. it tastes like you're eating at a cafe without the the, the extras. Yeah, it's, it's and, even like, it's even on a hangover, like, <laughs> It's the best. I haven't had a bit. To be honest, I haven't. I haven't eaten a bacon egg roll. I had one the other day, but before that, I didn't have one for two weeks because I've been trying to lose some weight. I've been eating too many, and um, I'm salivating thinking about it right now. But yeah, just a bacon and egg roll with the hash brown, mayo, and um, barbecue sauce. But you've got to have the hash brown in it. Yes, yeah. it changes it. it. It just breaks it up, right? Breaks it. Adds a bit of heat. Adds a crunch. Adds a potato. It's just and do you, I need do you, a spit bucket or something. <laughs> Do you, do you think you'll grow outside of Queensland with Yoke? Oh, I have friends. I have friends in Melbourne that you know maybe would one day like to open up one there. You know, and um, I have, I have you know maybe someone in Sydney that would probably you know would love to do something. In you're Sydney not saying as well. about me, because I'm keen. Yeah, you're keen. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and obviously, so we got morning after. We got huh. Yoke. Ping pong's the, the new one. Um, it hasn't yeah. opened yet. It was supposed to open um, pre-COVID. Obviously, COVID happened, and you had to slow things down. Obviously, with you know things coming in from overseas, what g- give us an explanation a bit about ping pong, what it is, and, and what you hope um, the guest mm-hmm. experience will be like. Well, um, you know, having having the breakfast place or two breakfast places, you know, breakfast lunch, um, you know, you probably average out you know under twenty bucks or you know just over twenty bucks a head, and um, you know the alcohol sales are not there, but you know. Been in the cafe game for the for the five in the last five years, and I said to myself, oh, I'll, "I'll never go back into restaurants." But um, I think after five years, it's like I felt something, so I wanted to go back. I sort of miss it a bit, and um, I've, I love Thai food, and I've always wanted to open up a Thai restaurant one day. And then you know, with the chef jo- joining morning after, you know, she's been there solid for two years. Um, she saw me how we opened up Yoke. You know, she thought, "Oh, Yanni, you opening up a uh, a shop? Only you know, focusing on bacon and egg rolls. Who's going to come here?" Blah, blah blah. And she saw me open it. She saw me create a brand. She saw people roll in. She's like, "Shit! Like this guy can. He knows um, what he's doing. No, he knows. Yeah, he knows what he's doing." And um, so I said to her, "I go, listen. I've got an opportunity to um, open a Thai restaurant. You king." And she's like, "Yeah." I'm, what, what is it? So I, you know, gave her the gave her the rundown, and um, we end up, you know, there's, there's six of us. But um, for me, it's not just um, for me. It's networking, creating family, um, giving everyone an opportunity in life. Um, so you know, there's four Thai business partners, which are all chefs, um, and then me and my parents, which will you know, we will take care of the front, and they'll take care of the back. That's awesome, and. Um what, what do you, from a guest experience for you, for ping pong, what do you want it to be like? What do you want the guest to experience? Well, like, like in all our shops, there's um, a brand and an experience when they come. Um, with Yoke, you know, there's um, you come in, it's that barn, that barn feel, it's that gourmet snack bar, um, and we, you know, with the with 
the hatches on, in the wall with the chicken feet and brass logos on the ground, with the minimalism, um, it all talks about the bacon and egg roll um, and focuses on very minimal concepts. So the bacon and egg roll stands out. The OJ stands out. Um, and people, people get it, people love it, and they just, you know, they line up for the bacon and egg roll. Um, with ping pong, we, we, um, we want it to be fun. You know, when it's fun, people are going to stay. Um, people are going to drink. Um, people want to feel young again. Um, so how, how do we make it? How do we make it fun? It's, um, that's where, you know, talking with the designer, we, it's like, okay, how can we make this restaurant look like a million bucks without spending a million bucks? Because we took over an existing restaurant, like I was saying to you, uh, you know, the other day, um, we took over an existing restaurant. Um, it was dingy as fuck, you know, like cockroaches and shit everywhere. Um, we we gutted it, kept the we kept the um, the skeleton of the shop, um, and make it look pretty. But to make it look cool, we we said let's paint it all pink. Um, it hides all the defects. Um, and you don't have to be so anal about this being straight, that being straight, this being chipped. With morning after, you're very OCD, as you'll oh, say. OCD, <laughs> man. I was 200, 200 defects. <laughs> you know what I mean? Your poor designer and builders, though. Yeah, they, they, hated, they hated me, but now... No, that, that's was, why it's so amazing, though, right? Yeah, and look, you know, it's been five years, you know, having, you know, somewhere between 1,500 to 2,000 people a week through morning after and still looking what it looks like after five years... It's you pay for quality, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I 100% agree with that. And and do you feel um, it's 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 you're in a good position because uh, Yoke is around the corner from Ping Pong, mm-hmm. so you're you're able to keep that kind of keep an eye on everything, that control and yeah. and that focus. So is that a, is is that does that help you kind of sleep at night a bit better, knowing that you're going to have? Yeah, totally. Because like to be honest, like a lot of people open up businesses and. They're not really there, or I don't like to. I get I get anxiety just thinking that they're not there. I yeah. need to be. I need to know what's going on. I need to talk to the staff. I need to talk to the chefs. I need to. I need to talk to the kitchen hands. Everyone for me. Everyone who works in the place is family. Everyone who works is there is equal. Um, so you know, sometimes everyone can slip a little bit, but just got to make sure we keep everyone on their toes. And, and remind people what, we, what we're doing. No, I, I seen that when I um, when I met you at Yoke, you you went and you kind of fist pumped everyone, and, and you kind of made yeah. sure they're all good and happy, and and yeah. that's beautiful, and that's that's a hospitality that you have that's very natural. For and you. then you know they feel they're they're happy, like you know, oh, the boss is here. Is he going to be angry? No, no, no. He's coming in. He's fucking giving everyone fist pumps. Um, and then at the same time, you know, I'm straightening the menus. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Everyone>. <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah. We, we stayed for five the, minutes while we straight in the magazines. Straight in the menus, <laughs> straight in the magazines, the sugars. Um, what's, you spoke a little bit about your, you know, being partnership with your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel partnership? Obviously having partnership with your family is really important and you guys have a great relationship, but yeah. what, what's your thoughts on partnerships? Um, partnerships is, is hard. Um, I think uh, everyone needs to get along. You know, there, can, there can't be too many head honchos. Sometimes that clashes between me and my father because my father thinks he's the best. <laughs> I think I'm the best. Um, but sometimes I need to remind him, um, you know, these are my, my vision. We can't, we can't confuse people because my way is different to his way. And then if I tell someone one way and then you tell someone one way, you confuse the people. So that's just, you know, we have three, 
two businesses that are doing really well. Let's just, you know, relax. Um, let me control that. And then, you know, you talk to me. You, so talk, you talk to me if you see a problem, you know what I mean? Yeah, so essentially you're the, you're the vision, you're the creative guy and, and your parents are there more support, financial support. support. I think everyone's got their, like, their um, pros and cons. You know, my mum's my mom's good at functions and um, paying the bills and organising the invoices and doing the rosters. Um, my dad is good at being happy and, and giving people a life of a party. You know, he'll get, he'll get people drinking, he'll upsell and things like that. Um, I'm good at giving someone experience before they walk through the door and telling a story. And, and then how I want to be served is you're going to get that service when you walk into my establishment. You're going to feel what I want. It's the music that I play. It's the food that I put on the plate. It's the, the plates that you eat off. It's the cutlery. It's, it's, every, it's everything. Yeah, that's evident because I... I, I when I come from Sydney and I come to Queensland or Gold Coast, morning after is always in Brisbane is always on the top of my list. Mm-hmm. Now there's three venues. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna be busy. I'm gonna. Yeah, I got you everywhere. I got yeah. you for breakfast, lunch, and dinner now. Um, mate, I've um, I've read in one of your interviews uh, a really nice a really good <coughs> quote that you mentioned. Um, your business will never grow by themselves. They need a backbone. That backbone is you. Mm-hmm. When how important? Can you let us know a little bit more about going to detail more? Where'd, where'd you get that one from? What, mate, one well, of your stalker. <laughs> I'm telling you, mate. I, know, I, I went through. Thank God for Google, right? Yeah, yeah Google. So obviously, I mean, we want to make sure we, you know, the people that are listening, and also for myself, we're getting the most out of most value out of this um, interview. What can you tell us a little bit about that quote? Go into detail, and also how important. I guess you being the backbone, you're trying to create this culture, which you've done really well with Morning <coughs> After. You've done really well with Yoke. Now you've got a third venue. How are you going to? Being the backbone, but there's only one Yanni, right? Yeah. Like, well, you just got to. Um, to be honest, I have very poor um, time management, which I'm still working on. Um, but opening my third business very shortly, um, you know, I'm probably going to give that business all my energy. I'll probably be at ping pong for one month straight. Um, again, when I opened up Yoke, I was at Yoke for four months straight, and I, I neglected morning after. Obviously, I had my mom and my dad, my brother there, but they're not me. You know, they're. If I, I get upset when the plant was moved, I get upset. For me, it's that energy, it's a different feeling. It's, you know, um, it's them. Someone changing something without me being approved because they think it's all right. But for me, it's had a purpose of something being there. So, I know not to do that again. I think you need you need to spread your love evenly between all your establishments. Um, like me coming this morning, you know, I went into Yoke, said hello to everyone, grab a coffee. But while I'm there, I'm not just looking at my barista and grabbing a talking, grab, you know, having a coffee and talking to you. I was looking around, making sure the lights are turned on, make sure the music was on, um, understanding the vibe, make sure it's all there. And then if, the, if it wasn't right, then I can go back after and tell them, hey guys, you know, I saw this, I saw that, I saw this. Um, you know, I'm not going to be that person that sits home all day counting money or, or stressing and looking, looking on the cameras. You, you need to be in. Um, you know, someone once, to- uh, someone once told me, you know, um, when, you work on, when you work on your businesses and not in your businesses, that's when you come in um, into the businesses and when you're not there every day, like when you're there every day, everything becomes like a piece of furniture and you get used yeah. to everything. When you, when you walk in every few days or every, once a day but only for like 10 minutes, you're going to see that crack on the floor, see that crack on the wall and that paint. It's like, I need to fix that. I need to do that. But if you're there every day, just you know, 
it's, you, you, you know what's there, but you don't want to fix it because you, you see it every day and you're used to it. It becomes part of the furniture, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And with, with, your, with your culture, how, how important is culture to you and how are you going to maintain that culture as you grow? Our culture to me is everything. It's, um, I, um, the, staff that I, the staff that I pick need to be like us, need to be fun, energetic, you know, sometimes I'm not chasing that professional waiter because sometimes that, that professional waiters, they're very like a robot. You know, they're being trained like a robot. I'd rather someone have a little bit less experience but be fun and energetic. I want to create family vibes. Um, like my dad's a bit different. Sometimes when my dad works for, when my dad works for someone else, he's, you know, he's, he's amazing. But when it's his business, he becomes, you know... Um, Nazi Michael, you know what I mean? So I'm teaching my dad now to yeah, sort of, and I think you know, a little bit precious these days as well. It's not but about, you can't. You know, I, I don't think anymore. no one should be spoken to like a piece of shit. Um, you know, like like I said before, we're all equal. We're all here doing what we love. Um, obviously, if, if staff are not pulling their weight, they're probably not the right staff member. But you know, I want to have fun while we do the work, which creates a, a good work environment. How do you do that with you not being there? Um, having the right people in place. Yeah. Obviously, me being there at the start, making sure. Everyone's doing what they're doing. Um, everyone, I try to breed people to think like me. Um, Create mini mini years. Mini yunnies, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but you know, to be honest, I got fam- to be honest, I got family in all my shops. So my brother, my mother is at morning after. My cousin and a good friend of mine is at um, Yoke. Good. Um, and then there'll be me and my father at, at Ping Pong. So people you can trust, trust, have your back. Yeah, yeah. And I think is for me, I trust family. Um, and that's why all my businesses have been 50-50 with my family because I trust them. You know, I wouldn't do anything to them. They wouldn't do anything to me. Um, but again, but then Ping Pong, we've gone to partnerships with um, four Thai guys. But I think they're, they're amazing people. They wouldn't hurt a fly. Um, again, they look, up, they look up to me. They look up to my executive chef. So again, there's only going to be that one chief, you know what I mean, or two chiefs. One's for the yeah. kitchen, one's for the floor. So it's not going to be like, I said this, I want to do that, I want to do that. No, it's, they, believe in, they believe in what I want to do for vision and then they, I, we all believe in her, what she wants to do for food. Um, so I think it's a perfect combo. And then I think they're very grateful of the, the, uh, the, what, they've, what type of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The opportunity. Opportunity that they're all coming into. Yeah. And it's all, you know, start here, work our way up. And I think, I think ping pong's a great opportunity to start. Yeah, not many business owners give equity away. No, I'm not here. I'm not here to have you know X amount. There's six of us. We split it. I split it evenly. And I just want to all work hard. It's a passion, passion project. Work hard, smash it out, make money, and then um, you know we want to do something else. Or maybe we'll keep this for a long time. Who knows? Yeah, that's very cool, man. And I think um, so. We, you know, you touched on design a little bit. You work with Derlot quite closely. Yeah, yeah, very. Um, what was cool was before I knew you, I walked in, before I knew you, I think, you know, obviously Derla are great, are great designers, but just hearing your vision and your passion mm-hmm. for this place when I walked into Ping Pong, it shows that you have a lot of say and a lot of input into the yeah. design. Well, you know, that's why I think me and Alex work really good together. We've become friends. Um, you know, he's worked with other people in the past where, you know, you, know, you can pay him all this money to create a brand and in six months' time, the owners changed the layout of the menu, the, the owners put a picture frame here, he's done something and the whole experience has changed, you know what I mean? Um, 
you know, you walk into morning after, nothing's changed since five years ago. The only thing that's changed is probably the plants that have grown, but everything is in the same spot. Um, and I haven't, the menus still look the same. The website still looks the same. We haven't added picture frames. We haven't, like, like it's a very minimal thing. And he respects that. He respects that from me because I've trusted him in the design. And, and you know, it's, it's paid off. And then again with Yoke, I respect him, what he does. And, um, and there's like there's nothing for me to change. It is what it is. You know, people come. It's like, oh, Yanni, you got this big wall here. You got to put something here. Put a big sign here and say it's coffee, or put a big sign here and says yoke or something. No, no. Like I'd rather like a, a wall that's just grey. You know I mean, Cause it's just it's the, it's being minimal. Yeah, and, and I think with that, like I had the same experience with my designer where we we pay them for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's like you have a chef. Obviously, you want to have your saying your input, but. This is what they're trained for. This is what they study. This is what they've learned. Mm. So it's very important to, to back them and, and trust their judgment. And like you said, I guess that's why a lot of restaurants lose their identity because they just start throwing anything and everything oh, out there, right? It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm, so, I'm so tough out there because not, not everyone knows. Like out there you've got, you know, you got people that are rich, the people that are poor. But not everyone can be rich. Only, only people that want to hustle in life become rich. The people that are the poor, they're they're happy doing what they're doing. But you know, I want to make money, but I'm I have OCD for a reason. And then people who come in, who want to sell their pitch, oh hey man, can I put this picture frame here or can I put my advertising board here? Or I'm like no, and it's like why not? It's like oh, you got all this space. I'm like no nah, man, because this doesn't match the fit out. You know? Yeah, they don't get it. Um, they have even, to respect that, right? And then even when it comes down to um, uh, the wine bottles. I don't care how good the wine tastes, but if I've spent all this money on the on this fit out, I know it sounds anal of me saying it, but if I've spent all this money on this fit out, and you give me a sh- you know shit label, I'm not going to put the label up on the wall. 100. No, I mean that's that's why your venues are so special, man. And, because you, and I don't. I think when I tell them, that, I don't think everyone understands, but um, only the few understand. But I feel you, brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mate, we're gonna we're gonna um, change direction a little bit here and, and talk a little bit about um, gets a little bit deep. Uh-huh. Um, you know, a lot of t- a lot of people, like you said, you know, they, they think opening a cafe is quite easy yeah. from the outside. It looks very simple, um, but how hard is it? And and what kind of mental struggles did you go through, man? With uh, let's just start with um, with morning after. What, what, what kind of struggles? Like, how hard is it? We um, it's definitely not easy. You know, um, <laughs> the funny thing is, my mum always tells me all, all the time, "Oh, how hard is it opening a restaurant?" I did it. I did it 10 years ago. I'm like, mum, you, you took over a restaurant that was already existed. You added some furniture. You, you bought some plates from a, you know, from a hospitality shop and that was basically it. And you, and you had a, a name for yourself because of the, of the previous restaurant. I go, um, and um, I go, um, um, I go, I'm so anal about everything. Like when we closed down Del Yugo, obviously my parents lost a lot of money because they had to pay everyone out. They had to pay for demolition, things like that. Um, it took longer. It took longer to build, so I was jobless for ten months. Um, so I struggled. I struggled, you know, um, you know, uh, buying food and things like that because a shop that should have opened up in you know April opened up in September. Or I don't know, October, October sixth or fifth, we opened up. Um, so I did it tough. I did it. For, I did it tough for ten months, and um, but I would have sleepless nights. I was I was going to bed three o'clock in the morning. 
you know, I wanted to make sure, you know, all our plates were, all our plates in the shop were custom. So I wanted to make sure that the salt and pepper shakers on the table next to them matched. I want to make sure the sugar bowls matched. So I sourced, you know, uh, Hashami sugar bowls from Japan, which were like, you know, $30 each. Um, the timber salt and pepper shakers, Peugeot, which again were expensive. The custom crockery, um, the, uh, the, um, our cups, everything, everything had to match, everything had to, had to have a purpose and just grabbing everything, putting it onto a table and thinking, um, staff uniform, aprons, I try, I try to think of the small, I try to think of the small info that other people don't think of. Mm. And how much pressure did that put on you? Oh, uh, heaps, because um, obviously we've, we went over budget, we probably went over budget um, over 100,000 that morning after um, you know, so, so sometimes when your parents, my parents did put a bit more money than me um, into the shop, but having your parents come to the shop and it's like, where the fuck is our money going? We're not gonna, we're not gonna, how are we gonna make it here? Why did we come here for? Why did we choose this position? No one's fucking walking past. Um, you're gonna, you fucked us, Yanni. Like, you know, you're gonna pay us back. I'm like, what are you talking about, mum? We haven't even opened up yet. <laughs> like, yeah, but where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the six hundred thousand that we spent? Where I can't even see nothing. They haven't got the vision to see. Like, you know, obviously the, the furniture wasn't in there, but you know, we'll, the, you know, the banquet was in there, the communal table was in there, and stuff like that. And um, just having your mum say that, it, it's it's hard as well. That pressure would have been on them as well, and that's I guess mm. why, why they were saying that, right? Oh, I, I think so as well. And, and then they look back today, and it's like they say now you know you did such a you know great job but at the, at the time there was pressure on everyone because my parents lost a hundred over a hundred thousand with the previous restaurant and they didn't want to lose the money again mm. um so that, that's what makes you special man that vision you have mm. like you've done it you've replicated yeah, yeah. it twice you're about to do it three times and and it's, it's special man so it's scary what's do you find are you still struggling from the mental health side of things i know we spoke a little bit earlier about you know you feel you're a very happy person very energetic mm. very yeah, out yeah. there have you struggled? Like, how's your mental health been during this, the last five years? I think um, my mental health's pretty good. Happy person. Um, again, like you know, the only probably downside of the thing is like you know when when someone is OCD on everything. Because even when I tell my staff, even I was very anal when we first opened that morning after the tables had to be wiped properly. I'm still anal like that now, but I've sort of learned to let go on a little bit. But I make sure when a customer leaves. Our cust- uh, the waiter wipes down the table, puts the sugar and salt and pepper shakers back where they go. I don't want it to the right. I don't want it to the left. It's got to go in the middle. The chair's got to be pushed back into how it was because every doesn't matter if it's five years later. That I want that the same experience from day one. Yeah. When they when a customer walks into that shop, so chairs need to be straight all the time. Um, music needs to be on. Obviously, staff you know staff are probably like fuck. You know, What's wrong with this guy? He wants salt pepper <laughs> straight. Like, okay, it's but like, nah, it is I 100% agree with you. Because I'm OCD, then that impacts, that impacts me in my everyday life as well because uh, that carries on to different things which sort of stuffs up my time management things like that. So you know, it has its pros and it has its cons. Yeah, man, I, I think it's a blessing and a curse, right? Like yeah. we talk about that a lot and I think yeah. all the special businesses out there have these issues because they are perfectionists, you know? Yeah. So... Um, I actually, I'm releasing an episode tomorrow, so have a listen to that about perfection. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. really cool. So yeah, cool, sounds good. Um, it's the cafe game is always changing. How do you stay relevant? Um, man, like 
I like like I, I, sometimes I'm not you know I don't invent the I don't invent something but sometimes I reinvent the wheel um, where you know I'm always on Instagram I'm seeing what other people are doing I network with other people probably similar to what you do going around sussing out what people are doing um, you know grabbing a little bit of this grabbing a little bit of that and but turn, making it into my way you know I get a little bit of inspiration from everywhere um, obviously there's been some things that I have created and um, you know like our you know the breakfast carbonara or the the mar muffin but I wouldn't say the mar muffins purely it's just mac muffin but made it more gourmet it's gourmet well it's, it's gourmet. no one was doing it right yeah and um, but yeah you, you do need to it's very relevant you need to be in front of other cafes if you want to stay if you want to stay up top especially being you're saying your venue's destination similar to mine yeah. it's, you got to be on top of the game right if you're not on top you're going to be in the bottom yeah and and that, that kind of good segue into social media. How important is social media for your business? Oh, massive. Um, Do you enjoy it? I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to look at my iPhone because you know how it tells you these days how many hours you spend on Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want yeah, to look at it. Yeah, um, I think, um, yeah. Like, you know, there's, I mean, there's companies out there that charge 400 bucks a week to do your social media. I've got three shops. I've managed all my three Instagrams. So imagine spending like a thousand bucks a week. Do you think you'll ever outsource it? No. Because so it's, it's me. Yeah, like, it's your story. I'm on morning after. And to be honest, I've got like so many accounts and I forget who I'm in sometimes. And sometimes, because I still follow some of my friends, I do something stupid. I, like I comment, you're a wanker or something on Instagram, but it's from morning after. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful, right? Uh, i got to be careful. I yeah, know, yeah. but it is me. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's who I am. It's, you know, when I put stories up, it's me. You know what I mean? It's, it's not a commercial. It's not it's no one coming out and doing a video. It's, it's all me. And I think people feel the the homeliness or you know, the passion from the, you know, from the director. I, I 100% agree in the sense of it's your story and you love to control it. How do you create your content? Is it just constantly resharing people's photos or? Yeah, a bit of mixed of everything. Sometimes I don't have time um, to, take, to take photos and things like that. But because it's such a nice morning after, such a nice atmosphere, it gets a lot of natural light, a lot of photos that custom, like, you know, customers take are really, really good. Um, but I like to share the love as well. I like you know, they're coming in to support me. I like to you know screenshot that um, and repost it, and obviously tag them. And I think they feel oh wow, this is, you know morning after um, shared my sto- uh, you know my picture. And that's what they that's what they want. That's what I like. And I like to involve the the customers in our journey as well. You like you like to make them happy, right? Happy. So, that's what 100%. it is. Yeah. Um, Talking about social media, you had Usher at your, at your yeah. cafe a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was very cool. He did the U-turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tell me a little bit about that. How did that work out? Yeah, old well, man. We had a few people come into the shop, but I think when he came in about two years ago, I thought I sort of um, – I hit a bit of a – I hit a bit of a, a plateau in myself where I wasn't depressed, but I was, you know, coming into work late like sometimes 10, 11 o'clock, just going to bed late and I wasn't even focusing on my businesses. It's like, I don't know, for some reason, for a couple of months, I was very stale for some reason. And, um, and that's the time that Usher came in. And um, anyway, it was like, it was 10 a.m. Um, my, my mate calls me. He's like, oh, my looker, um, Usher is in your shop. I'm like, yeah, dickhead, whatever. Okay, you're funny. And um, he's like, oh, I'll see you later. I'm like, all right, see you later. Anyway, I'm like, okay, didn't do nothing, getting ready, going home. And I got to work probably like 10, 30, 11. I don't even, it's a cafe, I don't even know why I'm getting to work at 10, 30, 11. And, um, and my brother's like, oh, bro, it's been so busy, bro. I'm like, what's wrong? I was like, oh, man, I had just, I had Usher here. Like, Usher? Like, he was here. Look like, yeah, Nathan rang you. Nathan told you Usher was here. 
I thought he was joking. No way. <laughs> he's like, no, he was here. I go, what happened? He's like, oh, the manager came out because he's a vegetarian or vegan or something. Um, you know, she wanted to double check the, the food, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, we can do this. We can do that. She goes back to this, you know, blacked out car. Next minute, Usher comes out. And my brother's like, oh, shit, Usher. They come in and sit him in the, on the, um, in the corner. Oh, there's three of them. He was there for like two and a bit hours. But to be wow. honest, I think he fell asleep for 45 minutes. Because <laughs> he was doing a show here. He was doing a show. He was yeah, here for the R&B thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then just before, just before he left, um, you know, he must have had his power nap, got up, and he, he actually asked some um, customers to move. Um, so the customers were having breakfast, and then he wanted a photo underneath the morning after sign. Oh, that's so cool, he man. made the customers. He had his security asking to move, took the, took the photo, and then um, and obviously we got the photo and we posted it. How good is that for marketing? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's just probably one of my favorite all-time R&B yeah. um, singers. So. I wish I was there. To, uh, I wish yeah, I was there. I know. It would have been – you should have listened to your mate. Uh, I know. <laughs> and we had, um, we had uh, Maddie Matheson come in as well. Oh, yeah. Um, chef from America. Yeah. And um, – and um, I told my mum, my mum, can you go there? Go get a photo, get a photo with him or ask one of the staff. He's like, who, me? What, me photo? What? I'm like, just go get one of the staff because, again, I was at home. Yeah. And because um, I saw in his stories that he was at morning after and um, my mum, she was too nervous to get the photo. But again, I didn't meet him as well and I love yeah. him as well. Oh, well, mate, it, it shows you a lot that they're, they're coming to your venues, right? There's a reason yeah, yeah. why they're coming. So, yeah, it means um, a lot. Talking about that and the success you've had, um, you're very successful. What, what, what do you um, put that down to, and, and who do you, who's your mentor? Who do you kind of credit your success to? Um, obviously, my parents as well, because obviously they've teach, they've taught me everything uh, when it comes to hospo. They've given me the chance in the restaurant. Um, a little bit of credit to myself because I wanted to do design, but. Never went to school, but I was managed to do the design through my businesses. But again, and you didn't have to go to uni for four didn't have years. To go to uni, yeah. <laughs> um, but again, that comes down to my parents because they gave us the opportunity at morning after, uh, and then you know, sort of paid them back with the the, the money that they've always um, you know they put up. So now it's just um, now it's me pushing because if if it wasn't for me, my parents would happy having the one. But we've got three now, so I'm I want to push. I'm hungry for it. And then obviously, there's probably my uncle. Uh, my uncle was um, a big mentor of me. He's very business focused. Um, we, you know, we have weekly, weekly chats. He puts me into the right direction, puts me in the right mindset, um, makes me makes me hungry. Um, you know, and then obviously when you run restaurants, you know, sometimes you have your negative. I also, I also see like a, a psychiatrist as well once a month just to tell her what's happening. She puts me into the right direction and things like that. That's so important. Mate. I'm, yeah. I'm so glad you touched on that because I think you do that. You said yourself, you're not depressed, but this is essentially to keep you, in the, keep you going. Keep me going, yeah. 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 So between my parents, seeing people, networking, my uncle, um, I'm hungry. I'm hungry as well for, man, I've I got so much ideas, but if I had the money, I would do it. But to be honest, like the, the third one, this is, is pulling, you know, it's, I haven't got much to go on me at, at the moment because it takes a lot of energy out of you. So do you think... Oh, I should mention my girlfriend too, just in case. <laughs> if she listens to this, she's like, what? What? She, my girlfriend's there a lot for me as well. So that's awesome. She then. obviously, I come home. I come home to her. I tell her how shit my day was, or I tell her this, I tell her that. She, she's there for me. She listens. Um, she gives me positive vibes. Um, so, to be honest, my girlfriend's up there as well. Um, 
she's got a couple of slack, you know what I mean? If, me, if, I can't, if I'm awake until two o'clock in the morning, if I'm at the restaurant, you know, and sometimes I'm, I was at the cafe at the morning after until eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, just focusing on paperwork and then I'll come home. So yeah, she puts up a lot as well. Yes, having that supportive partner is so important. Yeah, hey? very important, yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, uh, you said a little bit about um, advice for people starting out. Just can you kind of go through again what advice you'd give for people wanting to start out and if and obviously you're growing and what advice would you give for people that want to have more than one venue? Um, if I give advice to people starting out, it's just um, making sure the concept is there. Like I think a lot of people bypass that. It's like, oh, you know, I can put some cool food on a plate, this and that, but there's no story to tell behind it. It's not about just putting food on a plate anymore and people are going to come. There's, there's enough of those restaurants or cafes out there. Um, you need to have a point of difference. Um, so invest time into a designer, into a brand um, marketing agency. Not to do your Instagram, but to to come up with the um, you know the brand initially, as in like you know who we are, and then for them to tell the publications out there to get out to you know weekend edition to broadsheet. Urban list and things like that, and um, to the papers and get the word out there. It's like you know, these guys are doing this, this, and this. Can you write about us? So, because you, you, the thing is, for me, when you um when you open up a when you open up a restaurant or a cafe, it's just you need to tell a story before you open it up, and you, you need to tell people that you're coming, because you know I could be a singer in Brisbane and, and I could go do a show in in Italy, and um, if I don't tell people that I'm coming to Italy to sing this song, I'm gonna come up. I'm come onto stage to an empty audience you know what I mean so they need to know like a singer tells people that they're coming you need to tell the people that you're coming to open up a shop because when you open up those doors you need people coming through the doors to spend money I love that man and that's storytelling right like yeah. what you just said that's that's yeah. pretty powerful so um, and, and, and growing multiple locations um, growing multiple locations it's not easy um, I have I have a friend that's probably opened up you know three four cafes in the last year and a half but um, I've told them I don't think that's right you know what I mean um, it, it took me it took me four years to open up my second shop um, had to make sure the concept was right had to make sure the position was right had to make sure my branding was right at morning after so morning after then can push the push the people and push the brand onto the second shop um, if, if if you just keep opening up shops you're, you're just filtering you're just making going to be making less money somewhere else because, um, you you know it's just people like for me it's hard to it's hard to explain. It's like um, I wouldn't open up two morning afters. All my shops are, are, are all my shops are different, um, but I have waited and I've been patient to create a brand, and then I've moved on to the the next the next project. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's good advice, bro. Um, What's three things you want people to say about your venue mm-hmm. once I've left? Um, fuck, that was mad. <laughs> <laughs> That's the response you want. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's come, you know, um, the food was tasty. Um, let's come back. That's awesome. Yeah. And how has um, COVID affected you, man? Like with obviously a lot of businesses have closed, some haven't reopened. Uh, I've, I've kept an eye on your socials and you've done really it looks like you've done really really well mm-hmm. um, how has it affected you and, and, and what do you see the future for the hospitality industry um, I think COVID was a good reset um, for everyone 
you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of businesses that were struggling out there. And to be honest, like it's sad to see them close, but in a good way, it's easy for them to close up the shop because you know there's different laws in place now. You could get out of your lease. Um, obviously, you lose money, but you're not going to lose as much money if you had to keep opening and, and stick around. Um, but I think it's taught a lot of people multiple ways. I think the stronger will get stronger, um, which is sad to say, but um, and, the, and the weak will get weaker. But um, by I think the people who have stayed open and been there for the people, servicing the people in the hospital game will get a better outcome. And, um, you know, morning after, in April, we were down 85%. Wow. And like I was telling you before how... So morning after is that business and then I created Yoke completely opposite. So when when Yoke, when morning after was down 85%, um, uh, Yoke was up 15%. Yeah, wow. So, so it's just... Didn't lose because it's just that that, that the business formula of of who we were. So like it's yeah, it was crazy to see. So you know we had a shop that you know that was um, turning over only six and a half grand a week. Um, That's crazy. Lucky we had job keepers and we had family there working to save a bit of money. Um, but it was like that for a month, and then the ten people kicked in, which helped, and then the twenty kicked in, and then the forty kicked in, and um, and then what we're doing is just booking out every hour. And the response has been amazing. Like it's morning after has gone to a new level. I don't think it's going to last, but yeah. obviously we need then again because we've adapted. The business has adapted, but then the business will have to adapt again once people go back to normal. And and do you see in a year's time? Do you think our businesses will be at the strength they're at now? I know you said they won't last as good I, as going now, but I think it's <gasps> going to. I think it's going to teach people, as in in restaurants. Like a lot of people do walk in, a lot of people book, um, but it's going to teach people not to just book at seven o'clock because you can't do that right now. People are booking five, seven, eight because it, you know because back in the day everyone just books. Oh, I can't get a, can't get a booking for six people at seven thirty, please. But it's going to teach people it's like you know this res- these restaurants are going to be busy. They need to um, <laughs> we need to go there at eight o'clock. We need to go there at nine thirty. So the so, guests are going to understand more of of the of the restaurant or the cafes. Yeah. I think model. so. They're going to be a bit more lenient as well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think I found. I don't know if you found it the same here, but the amount of community support we've received has been huge, like massive. Uh, I think yeah. I think a lot of people have supported us as well, which is you know we thank everyone for the support. Um, everyone's supported their local. If it's not us, everyone's supported their local restaurants, cafes. Um, you know, it's it's sad to see that some people are, are closed down. They might not reopen. Um, but yeah, we. The support from people have, has has been amazing, and I think people by being locked up for a long time as well at home, they they felt that you know they were like an animal in the cage, and now that people are going out, that everyone's going out, putting their dress on, makeup, whatever, going out, spending all this money. They want to be out. I, I don't, out. but yeah, I don't think it's real at the moment. I think it's just a big yeah. But, well, it'll uh, be interesting to see what happens when JobKeeper ends. Yeah. So if, if anyone's making money now, don't go spend it. Just hold on to it. Hold on to it. Yeah, for any day. Um, I got one more question, but before I ask you that question, is there anything I've missed that you feel is important that we talk about? Um, I think it's you know um, probably the only thing that we probably touch on is just you know make sure you you be yourself and um, you respect everyone out there, you respect your customers, you respect your workers, um, and then you, you want to give the you want to give you want to give the customers your story and don't change that for anyone. You know what I mean? doesn't matter what people tell you. Take as much information or take as much 
criticism or um, you know feedback as possible, then use that to still create your vision. Yeah, I love that, and I love how passionate you are about the story, man. So that's oh, really cool. Everything, yeah, that's really cool. Um, so the final question: It's I, I listened to one of my favorite podcasts, and uh, it's called How I Built This. I don't know if you've, you've listened to that one. Um, and he always the last question he asks is. Um, how much do you attribute your success to luck and to hard work and how much do you attribute to hard work? Mm-hmm. I think it's um, a bit of 50-50, I think. Because like, yeah. um, I see a lot of I see a lot of businesses out there who sometimes I've felt that I don't know how they're making money, but they just do. I think it comes down to a little bit of luck or position, but um, I think um, I think definitely it's hard work. I think luck luck will never last long. Luck will only give you a year or so, where hard work will give you five, six, seven years. Mm. So I think it's 50-50 always with luck. Because I've seen a lot of people work hard and have the right concept, but they've had no luck. And um, it's sad to see people close their business down because it's just people didn't understand it, but their product was great. Mm. Um, so it, it, you need luck to start with and then um, put your hard work in and then you'll see a business that's pumping in three, four, five years' time. Yeah, I love that, man. Now, I really appreciate your time today, brother. I know you, I know, I know. we said it's, you know, we've been together probably the last three hours, so yeah. I really do appreciate that, man. And um, I appreciate you coming out. It's a pleasure, man. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a stalker now, so yeah. I'll... Uh, <laughs> I need to start stalking you now. Yeah, yeah, please do. But um, I really appreciate your time, man, and, and good luck with Ping Pong and no all the other thank ventures. Thank you, and you too, with your future developments as well. Appreciate it, brother. Right, thank Thanks. you. Cheers. Bye.